As I walked through the wilderness of this world, I lighted on a certain place where there was a den, and I laid me down in the place in that place to sleep. And as I slept, I dreamed a dream. I dreamed, and behold, I saw a man clothed with rags, standing in a certain place, with it with his face from his house, from his house, and a book on his hand, and a great burden on his back. I looked and saw him open a book and read therein. And as he read, he wept and trembled, and not being able to contain. Break out with a lamentable, lamentable cry, saying, "What shall I do?" Thus begins John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, one of the most wildly, widely read and dearly loved books ever written. The story of Christian traveling to the celestial city is the story of. Bunyan's own coming to faith in, Christ, in Jesus Christ. This is the story. One day, as John Bunyan, a traveling trinker, leaned against the shop window, cursing loudly, a poor woman wagged her finger and faced him. You are most ungodly fellow, the swearing that I have ever heard. You will spoil all the youth of the town if they came into your company. They, they were much used him like a knife. Bunyan turned away tongue, tongue-tied and ashamed. The shame did not vanish quickly, but remained, leaving him weak-kneed and depressed. Oh, that I might be a little child again, he said to himself, and that my father might teach me to speak without this wicked way of swearing. Bunyan vowed to become a new man. He stopped his cursing and began reading the Bible and talking about religion. Proud of his reformed life, he said, he said to um um he said, and talking about the religion proud of his reformed life he said i please god as well as any man in england then one sunny day while walking down the lane of bedford bunyan came upon some women sitting on a porch taking a short break from their labors. He overheard them talking about God. I drew near to hear what they said, Bunyan wrote later. For I was now brisk talk I was I was now a brisk talker also myself in matters of religion. But now I heard but I understood not, for they were far above me out of my reach for for their talk was about a new birth 
the work of God in their hearts. They spoke as if joy did make them speak. They spoke with such pleasantness of the scripture language and with such appearance and grace in all they said that they were to me as if they had found a new world. Bunyan left, his chest pounding, the pride in his religion evaporated. He couldn't get the talk of those women out of his mind. Their faith and joy stood in stark contrast to his fears and doubts. He felt as if he was shivering in the snow while the poor woman of Bedford baked basked in pleasant sunbeams. Time and again, Bunyan returned to speak with those women of Bedford. You need to talk with our pastor, they told him. So he, so they walked him across town and introduced him to their pastor, John Gifford. Gifford, a stout old man and a veteran of the English Civil War, warmly took his hand and invited him in. Bunyan poured out his heart to Gifford. The old pastor prayed with him and began to teach him from the Bible about Jesus Christ. That was the first of many long talks between them. Some time later, while worshiping at Gifford's church, the Lord touched John Bunyan's heart. These words did suddenly break in upon me, he said later that day. My grace is sufficient on you. My grace is sufficient on you. My grace is sufficient for you. Three times together. And, oh, I thought that every word was a mighty word to me. And then this verse from John 6 to 6, 37, Whoever comes to me and I will never drive away. I saw it was no, not of my good frame of heart that made my righteousness better, nor yet my bad frame that made my righteousness worse. For my righteousness was Jesus Christ himself, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bunyan re- returned home as if walking on air. I thought I would have spoken of his love and mercy even to the very crows that sat upon the plowed land before me, he said. Before long, the Bedford congregation elected Bunyan as officer of the church and sent him out as traveling preacher to the neighboring villages. He continued to earn his living as a thinker tinker, but spent much of his time preaching. At this time, at the same time, King Charles II pushed through laws forcing everyone, regardless of conscience, to worship the non-conformist preachers, to worship as the Church of England directed. The king did not recognize the 
nonconformist preachers, those outside the Church of England, like Bunyan, as true ministers of the Lord. Our November nestled, nestled in a field of elm trees. Upon entering the cottage, the people did not greet him with their usual joy, but with anxious looks and warnings of danger. For a word had leaked out that a justice of the peace had issued a warrant for bunning the rest, should he, should he attempt to preach. Members of the congregation urged him not to go ahead with the meeting. Bother, one said to one man said to Bunyan, Do you think it is wise to proceed with the meeting? Perhaps we should call it off for another day. No, by no means, Bunyan said firmly. I will not be stopped. Neither will I have the meeting dismissed for this. Come, be of good cheer, and let us not be afraid. Our cause is good, and we need not to be ashamed. To preach God's word in is so good a work that we shall be well rewarded if we suffer for if we suffer for it. People filled the farmhouse for service, and Bunyan began with prayer. With with Bible in hand, he was about to begin the sermon when it in burst a constable and his men. Waving the arrest warrant, the constable ordered his men to seize Bunyan. As they led him away, he called to the people, It is a mercy of God to suffer for doing good. Better, better by far, better by far to be the persecuted than the persecutors. The next day, Bunyan stood before a judge who said, Why do you go to such meetings and preach? Are you a tinker? Why don't you follow your trade? It is unlawful for you to carry on religious services as you do. I do follow my calling to preach the word, too. Bunyan answered, I took upon it as my duty to do them both as I have the opportunity. Mr. Bunny and I intend to send you to jail unless you promise to stop preaching and calling the people together. I shall not stop speaking of the word of God, Bunny answered. I shall continue to, to counsel, comfort, and teach the people that desire it. I think that this is a work which has no harm in it. It is worthy of commendation not to blame. Do you not love your wife and children? asked the judge. Indeed I do very dearly, Bunyan said, his heart breaking at the thought of leaving his wife and four children. But in comparison with Jesus Christ, I do not love them at all. Away to prison with him, the judge ordered. Bunyan's home was now cold and lonely, was now cold and lonely cell. Being my being dragged from his wife and children, Bunyan said, I felt as if my flesh was pulled from my bones. 
often tempted to give up my preaching and return to home, return to home. Bunyan resisted and clung to the promise of Jeremiah 49-11. Leave your orphans. I will protect their lives. Your widows, too, can trust me in me. He made leather boots, laces to help support his family and wrote 11 books, including the story of his coming to faith in Christ. Grace abounding to chief, to the chief of sinners. When permitted, Bunyan preached to as many members of Bedford Church could, as uh, Bedford Church as could, cra- as could crowd into j- into the jail. After twelve years, the laws against non conformist preaching were relaxed and Bunyan was released. He drew himself into the work of preaching, writing and and organizing new churches. But after three years, the king revoked the license to preach granted to Bunyan and other non-conformist ministers. John Bunyan refused to stop preaching and was thrown in jail for another six months. During that time, he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress, an allegory of the joy, sorrows, and and triumphs of the Christian life. At the age of 59, Bunyan was struck down by a hot, insightful thing. One of his last things was about a prayer. When you pray, better to let your heart be without words than your words without a heart. Perhaps John Bunyan's entry into heaven was like the description in the Pilgrim's Progress of the Christian of Christian and hopeful at the gates of the celestial city. As they entered, they were transfigured, and they had raiment put on them that shone like gold. All the bells in the city rang again for joy, and it was said unto them, Enter into the joy of your Lord. Who would be true? Valor she, let him come hither. One will constant be, come wind, come weather. There's no discouragement shall make him once relent. His first avowed intent to be a pilgrim. So that was John Bunyan. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see you, see you later. Bye guys. Bye.